<laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> Excellent. It's early. It's early in the morning. Oh, it's eleven. That's yeah. that's <laughs> 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 Okay, I just got up. <laughs> I like to get up at the crack of noon also. Yes, same. Mm-hmm. Is that you? What? You got a little cat? Yes, I have uh, two cats. They'll probably be roaming during the interview. Gosh, excellent. And uh, has your hair been zhuzhed up, darling? Yes, I had my hair purse chick teach me how to do it well enough. It took me like all day. It's brilliant. Mine is still very, uh, oh yeah, not, not going to happen. I had to be like a, a witch stirring potions and potions and lotions and just, it takes forever. So I'm, I'm so looking forward to getting back to just sitting there and letting her do her thing. Those girls deserve like hazard pay just generally. That stuff is toxic. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It's yeah. so bad. I'm like trying not to like get asthma as I immediately have it on my head. And I'm like, these guys are just around it all the whole time, like leaning over and yeah. they need to be full stop forever. Yes, agreed. <laughs> uh, you guys the special mass all the time, but then, you know, I don't know. It, it was just, it was, it's, but it looks good though. It's great, mate. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's blended super well. Thanks. <laughs> we'll just look at your great hair and not so great. <laughs> Ideal. Yeah. <laughs> you look lovely. Hey, um, I have wine. It's before 11. I just thought... Mate, I was actually gonna, I was wondering. I was like, cheers. I should get a Guinness, but it's already started. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. I'll have one afterwards. And, <laughs> and <laughs> So um, you are an actual rock star then, drinking before noon. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the mark. That's the mark of, of them. Nail, nailing life. And uh, you are a musician. Yes. So what talk me through your music stuff? Well, I am the lead singer with uh, my band, which is called Sadie and the Tribe. Nice. We do, a, we do you know, our own style music. You would call it uh, classic style rock and roll, female fronted, uh, snarly guitars, and just nice and raw and human, real people playing real instruments. Uh, but with a female empowering vibe to the lyrics, although if you listen to it, it's just sassy rock and roll. But if you really listen to it and you know me, there's always kind of a message and just stepping out front of that and bringing some um, powerful femininity to the genre. Nice. And drinking the fanoon. Obturated by a sip of wine. <laughs> a little I have a whole uh, soda water here, but that's less appealing now that I have my Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, right. sure. It's just for visuals, mate. Just for visuals. <laughs> yeah. Well, but we're, you know, we're actually creating music remotely right now with our writing partners, which are in Sweden. So we have a husband and wife duo who are excellent songwriters and they have a recording studio there. That's where we did our last um, few songs. My husband and I, we come up with concepts and lyrics and uh, kind of the style of the song. Then we send it to them. Then we all Zoom. And usually wow. within a couple of hours, we've created a great song. The only problem is we can't record them until this whole uh, pandemic settles down a little bit. So that's a bummer. But it's nice to be still creative musically as well as yogically mm -hmm. during this time. That's amazing, man. That's so good. This is a really good time for creative output. 
and in yeah. Perth. It's just a great time for that. So yeah, can't wait till you record it. Yeah, me neither. We've got, we've got some good ones. Excellent. How can people find your music if, um, if they're listening to this and they want to find you? Yeah, it's Sadie and the Tribe on Spotify and, and Apple Music. Sweet. Right now. And all the, all the things, all the things were there. <laughs> we, have a, we have two or three songs out. We've got a bunch more to release as soon as this is uh, kind of settling. So, But we're creating it. You can go follow me there and you'll get the new stuff as it comes out. Excellent. Wicked, man. And you're creating in yoga as well. So you're doing more stuff specifically, aren't you, for lockdown as well? Yeah, you know, when this, when this, I mean, I'm in California and we have been under a stay at home order for really early on. I mean, I think what, like end of April, beginning of March, we started a little bit like a week or two before the governor said, just stay at home. We were already feeling that. Uh, we'd just gotten done with the show we did in Los Angeles that was nearing the end of the events that were happening and and everybody then started to feel like oh maybe we should just back it off a little bit we backed it off and then stay at home and i thought right from the beginning okay this is nuts like this this is very unexpected uh i have two ways i can go with this because i'm very creative i'm intense as a person i have a lot of energy and and um, i could send it positively or really negatively in any direction I want. Mm -hmm. So I thought, am I going to fuck that? Can I swear on this? Oh, me. Oh, God, oh. yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like, like I'm gonna, I can fuck this entire time up for myself and everyone I know and love by just letting it tank my whole vibe, by letting it just get the best of me and believing the fear and, and kind of drinking the toxic juice of being all dramatic and upset and fearful and just I can't do anything because this is happening. That's one way to direct energy. But I, I early on chose to think of this as an artist retreat that a lot of people might pay for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely. You know, I, I used to uh, go up to Woodstock, New York with my friend. She was a musician they would rent these cabins for one to three months at a time and just create music and write music and, and they would pay good money for that. I thought basically I have the chance to be on an artist retreat right now, musically and yogically. So yeah, I've been not overwhelming myself because I don't want to just sit and overwork while I'm here, but I'm creating a lot of great stuff on both, both ends. Great. And uh, then taking baths and, Drinking wine and <laughs> doing your own hair, doing this, doing my hair, having fun email exchanges. So, <laughs> with certain people, I don't know who that could be. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that you're into the Irish comedy. That's one of my favorites. Father Ted. Ted is the tits. Yeah, he is. I watched that show multiple times, every episode multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, lots of it off by heart. We could probably do a show of it right now, but we won't because we've got other shit to get through. Just <laughs> a little cup of tea. Like, oh. <laughs> Are you in? <ill>? Yeah. <laughs> I bloody love it. It's amazing. Um, do you allow laughter in your yoga classes? <laughs> oh, yeah. I hope so. You know, this month I just did this whole power play May because energy is heavy right now for a lot of people. So I wanted to just lighten it up. 
Um, every yoga shred I filmed has a playlist that is accessible on Spotify or wherever, but it's fun songs and I'm, I'm dancing. I'm trying to twerk. Yes. I'm laughing yeah. at myself. I'm doing the flash dance. I mean, the cardio, you know, anything to kind of just crack us up right now and give a little respite from this. Good. Oppression. Exactamundo. And just to kind of, you know, try to push the other way a little bit. Why not? Yeah, exactly. The, the, fear, the fear is strong at the moment, my darling. The fear is strong. And uh, yeah, you've got to laugh to get out of it and um, embody a bit, haven't you? And then, of course, you could just go around as a unicorn flating flowers. That is my favorite video you have ever, I think, ever. I've watched so many of your videos. I showed, I showed, my, I showed my friends. I've been like sharing. That's so funny. When you're like this with the sun and... <laughs> Fingering the sun in the background. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe I didn't know that you were watching them, and then I got that email. I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and like Simon Borg watched another one where I was a pansexual in like with pans all around me in my lingerie, and he was. Like, <laughs> I phoned him, and he was like, "Is that you in the pansexual video?" I was like, you know, trying to be a yogi like a normal yeah, like round. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I give pants off, Simon. I give pants off. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I've met a few kind of high-level Indian gurus, you know, pe uh, people that people follow around. And I can't remember this dude's name, but I met him at this party in Ojai. It was a barbecue, and he was, had a full plate of barbecue, and he was wearing jeans and a normal shirt. He wasn't wrapped in robes, and um, he was brought there by the Ojai um, Mount meditation mount collective and like a big huge deal not i haven't studied with him but we had a long conversation um eric schiffman was there and a couple of other well-known yoga teachers and this man everybody's orbiting around him like oh guru what do you know what do you say and, and he told me he said you know i used to wear the robes i used to be all you know yogier than thou i used to walk a very strict spiritual path but he said you'll realize if you haven't already that the more you practice yoga and spiritual disciplines the the less strict you're going to be and the more you're just going to enjoy life hmm. you're going to wear what you want you're going to eat what you want to eat you're going to be yourself because that expression is the highest yoga and to not do what everybody else is saying this is spiritual this isn't spiritual but to just lighten up and he said lightening up and having the barbecue has been one of the highest yogas i've ever done and i just thought that's awesome Super. and that's exactly what you're doing exactly what I'm doing naturally. Yeah. You know, people will tell you as I'm sure they do, oh, that's not yoga. Well, Great. let's yeah. tell, me what, tell me what yoga is then in a way that everyone on earth can agree with and I'll pay you a billion dollars right now. <laughs> Fake monopoly money, but still. <laughs> I'll just go write it on a bit of paper and as an IOU. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> you know, yoga isn't a it thing. Yeah, yoga isn't a thing. It's it's a it's seven billion things, as many people as there are on earth. And actually, yoga as a concept is not one discipline or thought or or anything. It's just masses of writings, a lot of contradictory practices. Everyone thinks, oh, this is the yoga, or this is the yoga. If everyone could hold up a sign every time they talk about yoga, my yoga, this is my yoga, 
this is how I think of it and, and uh, express it, the world would be a much less judgmental place because there's almost no place as judgmental as the spiritual oh, circle. Right, right. That's why I was so glad to see J.P. Sears when he emerged. Mm -hmm. I was just like, yes. So good. Yeah, exactly. You know, take the piss, take it. I mean, that's, that's what it's about. You can, you can walk the walk that feels right and authentic for you. And I, I've always said, I don't, people will, people, you know, trolls will come online and say whatever they want about me. Oh, I, that's not yoga. Oh, you wear makeup. You, you know, just bullshit. And I say, you know, I'm not here to teach perfection. I've never said that I, I've never said that. I'm here to um, lead by example and, and into empowerment and authenticity. That's what I teach, how to be fully you in your own way. Mm -hmm. By me being fully me in my own way and offering, you know, techniques I've used to get there. Maybe that can help someone else too. But luckily, I always teach imperfectly perfect <laughs> living. So I have nothing to hide, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's great. You're just balls deep out there, aren't you? Yeah. You. No one's going to catch me eating a chicken wing and be like, oh, but she teaches veganism. Yeah. Yeah. No. Ideal. Easy way not to be a hypocrite. Just be who you are. Yeah. And don't hide it. I've been very much embracing my inner hypocrite because I've always hated doing online yoga and now I'm, you know, up to my shoulder in it. So. Yeah. Yeah, you're very good at it. God bless you. Yeah, very good. I like I like the um, the hypersexual teaching. Oh yeah, the engulfed sure. and uh, aroused puppy pose, and uh, yeah, I mean, so that because we discussed that a little bit. I I wanted to talk about that about how yoga has, you know, I was I was a bit judgy about yoga online, judgy. This was years ago, and about judgy about um, how people present themselves on Instagram and stuff. Because I was just so appalled at how sexual it was. And I'm a very sexual person, don't get me wrong. I'm not, it was just the two for me were very confusing because I'm not a straight woman and I'm a yoga teacher. So I'm just like looking at it and I'm like, I'm impressed, I'm aroused, and I'm angry all at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I learned nothing. <laughs> follow, like, follow, follow. <laughs> You're like, oh, you just did yoga? I missed it all. I'm sorry. Just dribbling. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't feel very spiritual right now, guys. <laughs> I feel a lot of other things, but not that. <laughs> not that. No. No, I think that it, it's a really interesting time to be a female in this whole environment because not only was yoga, let's just say like the, the movement style we're calling yoga, mm -hmm. not only was that a male-dominated discipline for like the first 89% of its incarnation, I mean the first really the first uh, Western like workouty yoga kind of woman was Beryl Bender Birch with this book, Power Yoga, way back in the day. I remember seeing that and just thinking, I didn't even know women could do athletic yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, that blew my mind. Later I met her and she's just cool as the day is long, you know, very cool woman, pioneer in that way. But then coming into the Western world, it flipped and it became, yes, a lot of men were teaching yoga, still are, that's another conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but there are so many women now. And I think the difficulty for many women is 
at least in the American society, and I think in a lot of the Western society, we get bombarded all the time with these images of what a woman should be, uh, pretty, sexual, uh, outgoing, perfection in this way. And then you see the, the man over here, like not perfect, not sexualizing yoga overly in, in their way, just like doing poses and teaching things. And then you get women. I feel like a lot of women don't understand that they have a value that is uh, separate from, from and far greater than selling with sex. Yeah. using their sexuality to try to get more views, to try to get more popular. The moment I see someone in their bikini bod on the beach, I admire their, their form, you know? I think the body is beautiful. I'm like, go girl, you know? <laughs> Enjoy your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause that, that shit ain't gonna, you know, be there forever. But okay, do your yoga on the beach, that's fine and they get a million views. And the thing is, it was really interesting. I'm thinking of Yoga Girl right now, not in a judgmental way, but because she stopped, she started like that and she just got millions of, of views and everything. And then as she matured in her life and her yoga teaching and, and understanding, I think she began to become more social, uh, social cause oriented, more lifestyle oriented, family oriented, less of those kind of beach pictures, her body changed. She lost a ton of followers and she did a post bitching about that, rightfully so one day, saying I've got millions of followers yet when I post about something that's important, something that's real happening in the world and wanna drive you toward a social cause, maybe five, 10% of you are, are commenting or interested. So if you want a bunch of bikini pics of me on the beach and that's what you came here for, you're not going to get as much of that. So maybe, you know, think, think on that. And that is, that's how it goes. I want to see more women stepping up into their power as educators, mm. um, using their knowledge forward instead of just booty forward. Yeah. Unless, unless that's your thing, you know, I mean, do your thing. But if your thing is to teach and be taken seriously as a teacher it's the equivalent of when i started getting into music i thought oh do i have to like shake my boobs in the camera and like wear nothing and my husband actually said think about the female singers you admire let's name them i said okay um chrissy hind annie lennox who else ann wilson mm. joan jett, joan jett these kind of role models for my my personality and singing style pat benatar you know and i thought and he said what do they all have in common i said i've never seen their tits Amazing. i haven't and 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 they you know they're dressed they're dressed amazingly but they're dressed and their talent is forward yeah their their voice is forward and I would, I think as we are kind of growing in the yoga sphere, I really hope that women see that we are not here to commoditize ourselves sexually to get attention mm -hmm. as much as we need to step into that, that power as leaders that we have in, you know, spades, we, we are kind of hiding our gold. Yeah. Amazing. That's what I really love about your vibe and your style and how you are as well, because you're still super sexy, but you know, super sassy and sexy and really feminine but you're not like 
in a bikini showing your, me your vagina. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed, but I will. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just a different page. Um, because, and you know, it's, it's oh, but maybe one day I'll do a yoni yoga flow. Exactly. Amazing. <laughs> Pick up random objects and put them on my altar, you know. With your yoni. Yeah, with, with the yoni flow. Exactly. Excellent. I'm so glad. Um, Coming soon to the Fit and Fierce Club. <laughs> That's how you achieve such things. Million followers right now. <laughs> exactly. Marketing 101, mate. Marketing 101. Mm -hmm. um, gurus. So you've already talked a little bit about them. Um, when I hear the word guru now, I just kind of think twat, um, usually because they're like self-professed gurus, um, which is the big um, And, you know, it seems that although we're in a world of female, there's, you know, a dick load of female teachers, right? It's like, that's the predominant teacher is female, which is awesome. But why, you know, most of the gurus are men, um, which is why I may think twat. Um, and, it's just so weird that even in this world where we're a lot more empowered, um, so I used to be a lawyer, that definitely wasn't a thing in that world, you know, this world is a lot more female-centric, um, that these geezers are still at the top and doing a lot of molesting, by the way. Yes, a lot of molesting. And like, you know, when's that gonna stop, please? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think people who have a predatory nature and a, and a, and a desire to, um, predate, I think that's the word, you know, to, to creep on the power differential yeah. will become, uh, teachers will become yoga teachers will find those areas where they can be the authority and have all of these people swooning over them mm -hmm. and then pick them off as, as they're just very open and they see you as godlike or guru-like, you know, and we've seen that over and over again. I mean, I have been close as, as someone who traveled the world teaching for like the yoga journal events, which are lovely and t all the top level conferences and things. I got to see a lot of this firsthand. And I've been to a couple of major teachers classes where I felt utterly uncomfortable either they would personally touch me in ways that i had not consented to and really sexually or i would see them doing it to other students and see these girls be uncomfortable but kind of talk themselves out of it and it just enraged me you know and and then to see some of these same teachers coming out being caught for what they're doing having their whole empires destroyed makes me really happy i'm i'm just like karma we say karma is a bitch, but I think karma is um, great. I yeah. think karma is, is a queen. Yeah. When she comes after you, she's just like, you're done. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Amazing. And I hope more and more men are getting the message now. And, and there are some women that do this as well, but the power differentiation tends to happen more with these male figures in the yoga world with all these little women running around in their, pants, you know, like, oh my gosh. And it's just, it's up to the women to create boundaries and not put up with that behavior. It's not spiritual. It's not yoga. They're not fixing your base chakra. No, it's abusive. Hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's sexual harassment to worse. 
and we do not need to be in a class. If you're in a class and someone touches you anywhere you're not comfortable with, take their wrist, move their hand off of you, roll up your mat, get the hell out, never come back. Take your power back. They don't have power over you because they know the Sanskrit terms for 85 yoga poses or because they act like they're a leader. Acting like a leader and actually being one are two very different things. So don't fall for it, you know? And I think that it's up to women to create our boundaries because there will always be creepy men. There will always be creepy women out there too, by the way. And it's up to us. It's up <laughs> looking at you, girl. <laughs> oh dear. It is up to us. It really is up to us. I'm, um, yeah. I'm not going to be the victim of, of the patriarchy in this way where it's like, oh, and, and men are taking advantage of us and everything. Well, we need to stop being so nice and stop talking ourselves out of what we feel mm. and, and giving these people permission to continue doing this stuff to us and to, and to stand up like that whole, the whole me too movement was a great example of conscious boundary. Um, then again, we don't want to go around accusing every single person. Like he pushed on my hips and downward facing dog. I'm suing him. You know, let's, let's yeah. take breath. But if you feel uncomfortable, you speak up, you leave, do what you have to do to make yourself feel comfortable. And then you're not a victim anymore. Mm. You know, then, then, then you're not surviving things. You're thriving things. And that's what I like to say. Exactly. And that's why I like having these conversations with people, especially someone like yourself who, you know, people will listen to um, because it's, it's always hushed, isn't it? All these sorts of things, these things are hushed. And even when they come out, people still don't talk about them. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's really helping other women to know that they have the right to do what they want. You know, it's, uh, it's unbelievable that we still have to say this to women, but you know, it's a true story. We have to. It is. And you know, I want everybody to know, I'm not just saying this as, as this uh, rock, rock star woman and oh, she's just been like this since birth. And I know I had to fight for this. I have been abused in, in every way by my partners or by strangers that you can imagine. Um, part of that is when you are strong and when you have a light to you, people will flock to that positively and negatively. People who have a hole in them that they haven't filled will come and try to get your energy to fill that. And that's very seductive for people um, who are helper, you know, helpers and healers. Um, who want to save the world one person at a time, one addict at a time, one alcoholic at a time, one abusive partner at a time, um, one hurt bird at a time. But you don't need to be drawing people close to you that are just energetic vampires or abusive in some way. So I've been, um, I've been hit by partners. I've been raped. Um, I have been emotionally abused. I have had horrible self-esteem growing up. I was poor, I, just everything. My spine was broken. I had to work myself back for 10 years and doctors said I wouldn't walk probably. I mean, I have taken some hits, yet I do not survive it, I thrive. And I reclaimed that. So what you see now is a product of me just making the decisions to reclaim my power, to set proper boundaries now, and to know that I don't have to live my old story for the rest of my life. Yeah, amazing. You are a brave, badass woman. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank me because, you know, also I, I chose that. 
yeah, choose every day, every day. Yeah, totally. It's amazing. And it's fairly evident that you do, you know, not even when I speak to you, but just in general from what you put out. <laughs> oh, bless you. Talking yeah. of boundaries in class and stuff, like, so like when you have people come into your classes or on your retreats, how do you manage that? And has that been a learning curve as you go? And, you know, how do you manage it with both men and women? And yeah. Well, here's the, the fun about high level yoga teaching, as I'm sure, you know, you know and understand, you cannot do the same thing for a class. You, you are not teaching a class, you're teaching 50 to 60, 75, 10, one, individual people, all with their different ways of needing and wanting things, all with their different boundary levels. And that's what you do. You just, you start by saying, as we do in my style, I'm very verbal and I show you everything and you do it with me. Then I'll have an assistant walking around, just kind of if anyone's doing anything that's complete carnage, that could just blow their knee out or something, they're going to talk with them, but they'll show them and, and they don't touch without consent. Can I, may I touch your knee right now to, to move it back a little bit, show you where it's at. If they're not getting it themselves, which is empowering, mm. then I have somebody there and just to have someone walking around or for me to be seeing my students and, and using their names and things is really powerful. You don't have to be hands, hands, hands all over. Now, if that is your style, you can announce, I am more of a hands-on teacher. Mm. Um, if you are uncomfortable with that, I, I have touch or not touch cards for any reason, doesn't matter, like you're not feeling it today or, or whatever. Mm. That way you're not singling, if you have had trauma in your life, so we have, we can have consent cards too, where you've got green and red, but some people won't turn it over because they're, they just can't, um, make a statement like that in public. So I do always ask before I do anything. And of course, don't touch inner thighs, belly, you know, yonis, don't touch the breasts, don't touch yonis. You don't, they don't need adjusting. <laughs> you know, yeah, this right, doesn't do a damn thing to people. Why are, why are male teachers coming up to women and just, oh, yeah, let's stretch out the fascia. Don't touch my boobs. You know, just yeah. this, this stuff is epidemic in yoga. Mm, mm. The way you touch matters. Come in as a professional. Come in a little bit more clinically instead of like someone who's merging with all their chakras. I've seen it. I've seen it where they've literally almost been laying on them and stroking. And I've just gone like, that is not adjusting, mate. Right. And <laughs> if that teacher is like that, they will attract and, and return clients will want that from them and, and they will have their own crowd. But I do think if you're a touchy feely teacher, you need to say that in the beginning before you just come at people. I'm Touch definitely an adjuster, but I don't rub my crotch on people, you know. Right. Touch is a very personal thing. Um, you know, if you're out at a bar and someone comes up and just starts like rubbing your shoulder and you're not into that for some reason, which would be most of the time, it's going to feel horrible. So why do yoga teachers feel that we're entitled to just go on in for the touch? I think that more and more people are realizing that boundaries matter. And you've got to communicate what your style is to your class. Say, so if you're not okay with that, like put your water bottle to the right side of your mat. 
you know, no questions asked is fine. You might just be having a, a, a day where you're just like, I don't want it. That's empowering to say something like that because then students don't feel like it's all about their trauma. Mm-hmm. It does not matter why, if it's this, that, if you're just having an off day, you're not in the mood, put your water bottle over there, then it could be for any reason exactly. and you're not singling them out. You know, this is the best we can do. And just to be communicative and conscious and um, ask before you touch, I think, is it okay if I, you know, I don't think there's ever a reason for us to put our hands on people's bellies or soft parts. I just don't you know, let them massage themselves there to get the desired effect. If you need to tilt a pelvis back, show them how to do it. They're going to do it on their own body. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I had one chap um, adjust me really well with the back of his foot once. And I thought that's great because, because it's a very non-sexual part. I was like, Huh. Felt really respectful, and then I wasn't in the pose anymore because I was like praising him in my head. But <laughs> I mean, I used to be like an ambidextrous, like eight arms and legs toucher because I just thought that was cool. My elbow—you wouldn't know—you would be like, "There are five people on me right now. What is happening?" I'd have one like my forearm here and my heel on the sacrum, and I'd be like pulling them apart. And then I'd be like, "I don't know what I would do," pulling their head back and being like, "Don't." you know, don't jet forward. And it was everywhere at once. And then I, over time, um, I realized I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that without being asked. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I stopped being the octopus and started <laughs> letting them be their own octopus. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> um, so in this pandemic, we've obviously seen a lot of fear, which we've spoken about a little bit. Um, I've been talking to people recently about death and how we all have this fear of death and how this is mainly obviously why we're all so scared in the pandemic. Um, I guess like, do you have any of your own personal beliefs, whether that's yogic beliefs or not, or, you know, what your advice or inspiration or um, path to Zen is apart from drinking wine? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's it. I mean, that's all I've got really. <laughs> and it works really well for many people. Some people not so much. Uh, no, wine is, you know, I did my 23 and me and I already know this. My my family lineage is I mean, I'm mostly I'm 98% European. I my family is from Italy, France and and Scot Scotland and Ireland. Um that has always drawn me. I've always traveled to Scotland, Ireland, um, France, and um, what's the other, Italy, in the exact places that it turns out my family DNA is from, which is interesting to me. I'm very drawn to those places. And in those places, lifestyle is soothing, isn't it? Like if you have lived a full life, death becomes less scary because I think a lot of people who are scared of death, I mean, we all are to some extent because it's an unknown and that's just natural. But I think a lot of people's excess fear of death comes from not really living the life that they feel they were born to live, not, not taking those risks to try life and be in the world to create your projects at your next level, to, to put yourself out there as the artist that you are, whatever, whatever you're doing, you are creating something. Once you do that, you become more self-satisfied and that fear of death isn't as loud in your ear. I think that is something to to truly live. And when I go to Europe as an American, especially, you're probably completely used to it. Um, But I do find that there's there's a life affirming rhythm 
to things. Things slow down, especially if you go to the Tuscan countryside or you go to the French countryside, go to, go to um, Scotland and, and write a little bit, go to, the, go to the Highlands, go to the Isle of Skye if you really want to feel like you can just be away and get your stuff done and write and drink whiskey and oh, mm, it's great. That, that is really important. Um, but I can talk from a personal experience, aside from all the philosophies about death, which are truly just, they're mind constructs. They may or may not be what you experience. Uh, so study what comforts you and, and orients you, that's lovely. But I actually died one time for just a little bit, and I remember it. What? Yes. So I will pass the savings on to you and tell you a little bit about what happened. I donated eggs to a fertility clinic when I was in college. I thought it would be great. I didn't really ever feel the craving to have kids. And at that time I was young, but I already knew myself. And I thought, well, if I still don't ever want to have kids, I can then help other people have kids. I got the treatments and fine, I'm in college, but I did this thing called hyperstimulation, which is really bad. It makes your, I guess it makes your blood veins porous and all the water in your system pours out into the third space, which I didn't even know we had one. That's all this other space around your organs and space in your body. And I flooded myself. I gained like 30 pounds in a week and a half of just water because I was so thirsty. It was going in, but it wasn't coming out. I did not understand that was hyperstimulation. I was still trying to work, going to my editor's job at you know, a, a big university. I was the editor of a huge university newspaper. Um, it was terrible. And one day I couldn't get off the couch. My boyfriend at the time had to carry me into the emergency room. And while I was there, my blood pressure was so horrible. I don't know what all happened, but I died on the table for a few seconds. Wow. Um, I, here's what I experienced. I wasn't feeling good at all. They were checking me out. They seemed very agitated and concerned. <laughs> and then I closed my eyes and all of a sudden I opened them again, but I was floating on the ceiling, looking down at myself. And I watch all the ghost shows, honey. So I know exactly what that means. <laughs> I was, like, I was about to say, that's classic textbook, right? Yeah, like this ain't, this ain't great right now. Yeah. I'm on the ceiling looking. And I looked at my hands and I didn't see this. I saw, you know how when you're on a road and you see the shimmering of the heat mm -hmm. on the road? My, my hands were made of that. Oh, so when you were up there and you looked I'm at your sorry. Whoa. I was like, whoa. I could see my hand, but it was made of a different material. Yeah. It was made of that shimmery material. And I was looking down at myself, silent down there, and all these doctors rushing around. I saw a new doctor come in. She was an Asian woman named Dr. May. I saw her name tag. And then I saw my brother come in, which was very strange because my brother, I was in Seattle at the time. My brother lived in Kansas City, and I had not told him I was sick. So I'm like, am I dreaming? Why is my brother rushing in here? He starts slapping me in the face. They're trying to restrain him. He's slapping me in the face saying, bitch, and he's not, <laughs> bitch, if you die, mom's going to kill you. 
I shouldn't laugh, but yeah. <laughs> wake up, wake up, bitch. If you die, mom's gonna kill you. Wake up. He's slapping me in the face. Oh my He's slapping my dead ass in the face. That's what was happening. Uh, that's brotherly love. I'm up there. <laughs> I'm I'll I'll tell you one thing, and I think this might be soothing for some people. I felt no fear no pain, just complete awareness. Just, oh, very clear. Like you feel on your best day. Wow. Like everything's fine, nothing hurts. I feel very clear right now. I feel like an alive neutral. That's what I felt like. And I thought, oh, if I just relax like a tiny bit more, I will go home. Wow. And I wanted to go there really badly. I just knew that it was going to be like feeling the, of the best massage you've ever had in your life. It just felt so relaxing. Like, oh, I just want to like relax. Like I'm done with this. I don't want to be in that heavy meat suit. And that's the first time I thought of it like that. Whoa. I was just in the body before. I'm like, I don't want to be in that heavy, weird meat suit anymore. I, I got to go, man. But my brother was slapping my face. So I'm up there on the ceiling looking down at everything. And starting to get agitated at my brother, starting to slightly feel something going like this on my face. So my, my head started moving because I was feeling this. And I remember my brow furrowed a little bit. And all I could think was if, if there's a lot of swearing in this interview, so get ready, earmuffs if you don't like swearing. I thought in my hovering space, if he would just shut the fuck up, I could die. Just shut the fuck up and let me die. And uh, 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 he kept slapping me. And, and all of a sudden, I felt an inkling of irritation. And the worst feeling in my life or death happened where I was up all like cool on the ceiling looking at myself. And then all of a sudden, in, in a millisecond, I flipped and fell back into my body. And uh, I was looking up at the ceiling again. And they said I didn't have a heartbeat for a bit. I don't know how long. And all of a sudden my heart started going and they were about to celebrate like she's back. And I sat up like a freaking vampire straight out of the coffin. And I just yelled, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I passed out again. <laughs> I love silver siblings. <laughs> and she's back for another 25 years. Oh my God, your brother should like go and help in hospitals more often. He's clearly a talented man. He is. I feel like he would be like the, 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 the death irritator. Like he would just come and irritate you back into living. The death irritating catalyst back to life. <laughs> so yeah, apparently to slap your dead family in the face. <laughs> yeah. So whatever, whatever I read or whatever, you know, my personal experience is always going to be something that I think about because that's, that's how I felt the first time I separated from my body and was ready to go. Therefore, I'm afraid of the dying process. I'm not afraid to be dead. I'm afraid of dying. I don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to hurt? Like everyone. Yeah. But that shouldn't stop you from living the whole rest of your life until that point. Yeah. And so, you know, the more you can live now, the less it's going to concern you. And the more it might even be a total surprise like it was for me. And it was painless. I didn't feel myself dying. I didn't have a process. I just was out. What an incredible story. I'm so glad I asked you that question. It might be the first time I've ever shared it. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's uh, something in my past. I don't try to 
capitalize on or overly talk about, but that did happen. And I think that that's important for people to maybe be a little bit like, oh, hey, what if you just popped out and you didn't feel the pain and horrible suffering you think you're going to feel? And how would you live then? Mm. What would change about the now if you could relax a tiny bit about that final moment? Which I think is just a horizon. I think you keep going. I was exactly who I am now, just without this this whole thing, but I could still see my body. So I don't know if the mohawk was in energy form. I don't know. Tattoos, they were there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I was gripping a glass of wine, like, you're coming with me. I don't care how. Oh, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go, God. Take me. Yeah, I'm ready to take me and take my wine. Be my brother. He's a git. I know. <laughs> Abusive. Just put him in the next heaven town over, oh, whatever. Bless, him. bless your brother's heart. Yes. Oh, Thanks, bro. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm like crying po- partially emotionally, partially with laughter. I mean, it's, it's a confusing <laughs> emotional time for me. I don't know how you're feeling. Oh, yeah, pretty, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's confusing and it's wonderful and we're here for a limited time, so why not rock it? Exactly. Why not? You already know how not to rock it and what that does. That's you can always go back. You know. Yeah. You can know. always go back to the old things, but why not, you know, try to just try to just be fully in your life. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I think that's the main thing that everyone is trying to figure out. But you are literally leading by example, mate. So it's lush to see. So yeah, thank you. You know, I'll just say I do, I do one thing every day that I think helps with that, mm-hmm. that I don't see a lot of other people doing, but when they do it, it makes a big difference. And that is to have a, a little time with myself, my journal, and to write down my, my vision for what other things I could create, what I want to do tomorrow to move me toward my goals of having online content I like, doing stuff on social media, um, my music, and then self-care stuff. And I just make it make a plan for like the next day, two or three things that if I got accomplished, that would really lead me farther. And I also make like a monthly plan. What do I want to have done by the end of the month? And how do I need to piece that out each day? I am horrible at organizing myself. So I do it every day and it's gotten me a lot better at it. And that's how I accomplish so much. By checking in with myself daily, a lot of people wait for months and they go, oh, I'm not creating anything. Shit, what should I do? And then it's like a list of 500 things. Yeah, well, you've got too much to do. <laughs> One or two things daily. And I wake up in the morning and go, right, so I want to check emails all day long and watch other people live their lives on Instagram and TikTok. But before I do that, what could I do right now to complete something or to move something forward with, with half an hour or an hour of my time? Mm-hmm. Do I work out? Do I finish this questionnaire for daily ohms so I can get a course up? Um, what, what can I really do? And I just tackle something every morning because by the time the day drags on, I'm probably going to be too tired mm-hmm. to do more, you know? So I just want to, mornings are huge for me. That's when I accomplish and then the rest of the day is like, whatever, because I accomplished something today. Exactly. So you can <laughs> let yourself off the hook. Yeah. Let myself go. Lounge around. <laughs> like, like one hour like of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the wine out. Yeah, get it out. Break the cat. 
I know I'm, I'm disappointed the cats haven't come around. I saw a tail earlier, so I think that's my quota. That's what they offered me for today. James, can you get Freddy? Okay, <laughs> he's gonna get Freddy. You gotta see the Bushman, Freddy Mercury. Oh, nice. What's her full name? Farouk Balsara. Her full name is Farouk Balsara, which is Freddie Mercury's real name. Yeah, exactly. I love Otherwise her. known as Freddie, and I felt naming a girl Freddie is a good idea. This is the Puffball oh my word. Century. Here we go. That's a lot of cat. It's a big beautiful. She's a Siberian kitty. Oh, I love that breed. They're gorge. Oh, look at her hugging you. She's all tired. She oh. hugs. She's a hugger. She likes her back feet to be tucked in, watch. So she'll like tuck her feet in. That's amazing. Hey, Freddie. How, how old is she? She's two and something. Two in like two months. Two and two, and two months. Oh, when it's out of lockdown, you can have a party for her. Oh, look at her pretty little face. She's so tired. <laughs> I mean, she's just probably, you know, been working really hard. Yeah. In lockdown, so. She's nice a laugh, kitty. She's going <laughs> down in the lap. Everybody say goodbye. <laughs> it's so good. Good girl. So cute. Good girl. All right. <laughs> that was lush. I, love uh, I can't get my dog in. I've got a massive Doberman. So yeah, exactly. It's, she's like an actual horse. Um, <laughs> a lovely horse, but yeah, a horse nonetheless. Um, I've got one more thing to talk to you about, which is being an individual, which we've kind of touched upon. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's really relevant for you in particular, but I've got this idea of like you being like Batgirl and because you're so you, it basically shines out this Batgirl symbol. And that means you know that, you know, some people will be like, I'm not into that. But the people who are into it are like really into it. Yes. So it's yep. like your ultimate honing device. Yes, I love that. That is a great, I think it's a metaphor. Is it a metaphor? It's yep. like a bat signal. Or is it a simile? If it's like, it might be a simile. Let's are we discuss. doing grammar? <laughs> are we, we going from saying fuck a lot to doing grammar? <laughs> I am the bat signal is metaphor. I'm like the bat signal is simile. Yeah, you're a writer, aren't you? So Not that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I need, yeah. So I agree with you when you said something really important right there that I think everybody listening to this, we're joking around and lighthearted as we should be, but there's some really deep wisdom in, in what she's saying right now. And that is when you stand as who you are and you allow yourself to be revealed as who you are, fully authentic, and it doesn't mean you get a mohawk or you might be a, a gentler, quieter version of authenticity. You might be like a loud Leo kind of like <gasps> version of it. Whatever you are on the spectrum, if you're fully you and you can say to people, uh, yes, I like that. I will do that. No, that's not my thing. It doesn't work for me. I'll pass. And you can really not say yes to things you don't want to say yes to when you can stop hiding who you are because it's disappointed other people or other people didn't like it and you're worried if if it's okay if you're like that well if that's who you are when you stand up inside yourself and express that um try not to bully it because maybe some of you have been hiding it for a long time so then you're like yeah screw everybody i don't care about your truth this is my truth well that's just being a bully that's not being authentic 
you can allow for other people's experiences, but still just be who you are. And it's very natural. It's very uh, fierce, but gentle and respectful, but fierce. <laughs> I'm going to say fierce as many times as possible in this interview. Then you, what you said is so important. Then you attract what I call your tribe, the people who are absolutely they get you, they resonate with you for this time being, it might not be forever, but they're like, yes, I need this right now. This is exactly for me. The people importantly that aren't into it can clearly see you and your truth and you avoid these uh, you know, interactions that are kind of half-ass or don't feel right to you. Mm -hmm. You avoid students filling your class up with people who just come and go at random times. Then you have eight people in class one day and 30 and then none. And, because they don't know who you are, so they're just coming when the time is right, and you can't count on that. Mm. You can count on your true community and your tribe. Um, and it all starts with you being who you are. And this is not something I've always been like, this is who I am, so you know, come, come be with it if you want, and if you don't, make space for those who do, which is equally important. Mm -hmm. um, I used to try to be like every other yoga girl because I thought that's what people wanted. And when you do the things you think other people want, you lose yourself mm. in the crowd. Yeah. And, and true leaders and people who really want to be seen and heard, which I think would be everybody, uh, need to not, not overly worry about what they want out there. Worry about and think about what you want and need. Who do you need to be today to be the true artist and expressor that you are? Who do you need to be today to feel like you're aligned, like you're healthy, um, you're passionate about waking up and doing your stuff. And then, yes, some people will hate that. Some people won't get it. Some people will be disappointed and like expectations not met, but a lot of other people will love it and, and want it and come closer. So what are you gonna do? Hmm. Who are you okay. trying to please? Yeah. Yourself or them because you're never gonna please everybody, so let that sink in, ever. No matter what you do, you're gonna have lovers and haters and people in between, so why not just be yourself more? Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely brave to do, and you, know, you have to be fierce, as you said, yeah. but it doesn't mean that you uh, are not kind, and then I think you can actually help more people that way as well, because if you're really you, then you connect with the people who need what you got. Yes then they can find you, you know? Yeah. And it's not just about us standing up and being authentic either. It is in service of the people that are meant to hear our particular message in our particular way. They've been waiting for you because that's gonna unlock something in them and help them in a million different ways. Uh, it is worth it for you to kind of step forward. And it's so much better when someone hates on you for who you truly are because then you could say, but all these other people like it and I like it. Most mm. importantly, you're gonna be satisfied. When people hate on you for you, kind of your hidden, half hidden self, you're gonna be like, oh, but if I was only fully me, maybe, maybe you would have changed your mind. Oh, and then now you're hating on yourself too because you know you haven't fully stepped into That's your power. That's true, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that is so true. There's nothing worse than that. Yeah, yeah. Crikey, Riley. That's a truth nugget right there. <laughs> I only want people to hate me when, you know, if it's really me that they hate. 
<laughs> right. Like, let, let them see you. It's not like more people are going to hate you if you're truly you. It's just the same amount of people will, but now you're being satisfied. Well, it's, you know, I feel great. I know who I am and I'm representing my truth. And these people get it. I get it. And I'm sorry, I disagree with your opinion of me if you don't. I disagree with your assessment of me. It's fine. You don't have to be like, God, maybe my real self isn't worth anything. Well, you decide that. No one else does but you. Yes. If you let them, you agree with it, it's you agreeing. But you can disagree as well. It's just completely your bag to do that. You, you agree or not. Yeah. There's no fear of, oh, if I'm myself, someone's going to not like it. And then that, that means that I'm not worth anything. No you that self-worth is an inside job only yeah for sure for sure amazing well thanks that was quite the answer <laughs> i do my best darling to you darling it's wonderful <laughs> oh dear i am just checking to see i don't know if you know this but uh we actually have been speaking since way before i asked you to teach at on base which by the way thank you so much everyone bloody loved it and yeah, amazing. I think, yeah, I think you had um, the most signups. So, oh, cool. Yeah, people like your, most people came to your class. That's very, uh, that was amazing. I love that you offered that for everybody right now. Such, I mean, that must have taken a lot of work to organize that and to provide so much goodness from so many teachers. <laughs> <I'm> just gonna sneak off and have a quick facelift. <laughs> exactly yeah i didn't realize how much work it was going to be but it was like 15 hours a day every day there are no weekends in lockdown and tom one day who's the tech side of it was just like rachel i think you need to lay down for a day <laughs> because you seem just lie down. panic and stressed and you're trying to do a nice thing and i was like <laughs> We knew how much work everything was going to be that we envisioned creatively. We would never do anything. No, exactly. You know? So you just got to kind of like do it and, and dive in. But the people that like you don't stop halfway through and say, this is too much work, forget about it, are the ones that complete stuff. And that's what success, success is just completion, yeah. you know, and it's rare because it's hard. It is really hard, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Before that, before, so before that, <laughs> um, I was emailing you because um, I think one of the places that you had your courses were very naughty and they sold them off really cheaply. Right. Uh, and so I was, I didn't ever know if you realized it was me because you and I had several email exchanges, which I'm so, sure you did with so many people. Mm, I mentioned yeah. my real festival, which is on my base, but not online. Yes. It's like one day you've got to come over, but I mean, I just suddenly oh, yeah. realized before this, I was like, I didn't know if you'd made the connection or really. I did now. I remember that. Yeah. And your personality is just so unique that I totally remember those exchanges now. <laughs> yeah. I'll be traveling again at some point. I mean, right now I would love to just leave my living room and go <laughs> anywhere. I'm a Guinness, mate. Like I'm yeah, yes. doing every day. Yeah. Basically. No, I, I, would, I would love it. I mean, I, you know, now, I was traveling so much. I was probably like, I'm not traveling for like 18 years. I don't think now, but I, uh, I plan on doing some more. So let's talk, but yeah, that's cool. We've been talking for a while. I'm yeah. glad you did the online festival and I could be a part of that for sure. Me too. And it's bloody lovely to actually meet you. You too. It's like an, a virtual air hug. There you go, mate. <laughs> 
That's like a really bad gangster gesture, isn't it? <laughs> a really bad monkey-ish. I know. <laughs> I'm cooler than that, I promise, I promise. I forgot how to hug, that's why I've forgotten. <laughs> you need to go practice on your husband. Yes. You know, people are making those uh, saran, those plastic wrap gateway things where it's like a huge thing of plastic and then you have holes with plastic arm things, one and two right beneath it so you can hug people in your yard. What? That's yeah. Yeah. Look it up. You will look it up. I'm going to have a queue forming. Yeah. <laughs> so your like grandparents are coming over and their and their grandkids are hugging them through the thing, uh -huh. just like oh sweet it's a hug hug gateway okay i'm gonna look that up i need to go and see my nan big time last nice. time i saw my nan i took her to ireland actually so we had a great time there oh nice crack. yeah <laughs> yeah you did the crack my nan is a saucy lady so yeah. this is not what some of you may think that is no no <laughs> it's nan not. did crack did the crack nan went and did crack in ireland i mean she does like to you know live her life she lives her best life <laughs> Oh, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. Not that she does crack, that she lives her life, yeah. <laughs> the crack is is just like the sassy, the sassy talking and poking at each other that bonds you in Ireland. It's really Santa, yeah. Yeah. It's really good. That's it's that. lovely. I, I went and it was pretty intense. And at some point, um, I thought the guy I went there with was gonna like kick someone's ass and then all of a sudden before I knew it everyone's hugging and dancing and that's the crack it's fine very Irish <laughs> exactly last night man Dublin was that in Dublin yes yeah not because of the guy because of the, the rest of it yeah <laughs> I just he went there. Happened, he happened to be there at the time yeah sure. <laughs> little add-on yeah a little bar snack, little bar snacks over there. Doesn't matter. Probably, probably going to be gone in a minute. But you know, he <laughs> was there at the time. Excellent. <laughs> Amazing. Great analogy again. <laughs> oh my love. Excellent. Well, um, yeah, I'm going to let you go back to your wine, your husband, and your cat. Excellent. Your productive <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure. Oh. I mean, you know, most fun interview ever. <laughs> Thank you. My face is hurting from smiling again. No, mine is actually too. I feel it. <laughs> face yoga. Face hair yoga. Hair. Very good. <laughs> uh, your hair is banging, mate. I love it. Thank you. I got it. I got it together for this. <laughs> How long does it take you to, you know, make it defy gravity? <laughs> um, you know. I, it, it lasts about three, three days. I'll wake up. I'll have to do a little something, but five minutes. It's not hard when it's cut right. Wow. You know, I have a brilliant unicorn of a woman that is in LA that usually does the hair. And, uh, she's called, uh, Sterling is her name, Sterling. So she's, she, I got Sterlified. That's her on Instagram. Sterlified. And when, the cut is is long now i'm actually gonna go for a longer thing now that i'm in quarantine i thought i would go for like a faux hawk and then i can sometimes do like the shag yeah it comes down like the 70s shag but i could also slick it back and put it up if i wanted that's my next incarnation Brilliant. first <laughs> so exciting released everyone's gonna be watching like, who cares say he doesn't care Excellent. Well, my darling, thank you so much. 
you are amazing. And uh, yeah, thanks for sharing so much. You're an absolute diamond. Of course. Thank you for everything and for really just being a great interviewer and bringing that out of me so that everyone else could hopefully benefit from some jewel that we've dropped here today. And keep doing what you do too. I love watching it. Uh, you're just fantastic. And I know we're going to meet in person one day. Oops. Some yoga and a pint. I think the pint. Yeah. <laughs> the, yoga of, the yoga of pints. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right. I love you, man. Thanks very much. Thank One you. Bye, darling. Bye.